1: The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective.
2: From days long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend.
0: The dream that came through a million years, that lived on through all the tears.
2: It came here, the fandom nexus. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast!
1: Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy. Hello, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it is that you're here listening. For me, it is, uh, I guess, late afternoon. It's like 4.10 p.m. right now. Uh, I just stepped away from watching uh, Buffalo and Miami play in a wild card game. And uh, it wasn't quite the end of the game, but uh, it seemed to me that the Miami ran out of time. They really weren't going to be able to, to come around and beat Buffalo, which I was hoping for, because if they can take Buffalo out of the playoffs, then uh, that's one big chance the Chiefs have to advance, I think, to the Super Bowl. Uh, but really, I think our, our biggest threats were uh, Buffalo, of course, and then uh, the Chargers, With the Chargers actually lost the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday. Uh, as of time of recording here on a Sunday. But, yeah, they lost on a Saturday. And so I was thinking, hey, you know, if we can get rid of Buffalo, the, the two teams I was really concerned about for the Chiefs getting to the Super Bowl were definitely the Chargers and the Buffalo Bills. So, But it looks like the Buffalo Bills are going to advance. Uh, I need to look up some stuff, see who the Chiefs are playing. But this isn't a show about football. I was just, you know, that's what I've been doing today as we get in there. So I'm kind of hoping the Chiefs are going to manage to get another Super Bowl run in there. Uh, it's been a, kind of a rough season for us this year. So are you uh, rooting for your team still going on in the playoffs? Are you, uh, Or did you even care? I don't know. Uh, let me know. Send us an email, podcastandneverlandpodcast.com. Today, though, is going to be a different sort of show. It's going to be a lot more casual. I'm going to spend, I think, more time talking about some games and what I've been playing and just kind of talk to you a bit. Uh, I was sort of prepping to maybe try to do a show last weekend because I would like to get back to where I'm doing an every weekend show. Uh, Things kind of went a little wrong there because Philip could not uh, make it into a show at any point. He was pretty sick there for a while. I think he's much better now, but uh, I haven't really had time to coordinate with him. Uh, so I'm just going to do a solo show today, and so we're just going to spend a little time together. You know, you, you've you wanted to spend some time with me, haven't you? Haven't you? Really? Haven't you? I hope. But that's pretty much what we're going to do. I'm just going to spend some time talking at you. So uh, the funny thing is, so you normally I start the show with, what have you been watching and what have you been playing? Well, I haven't been really watching anything. Because I've been too busy playing. I've got a backlog of games, and I meant while I was off on my Christmas vacation to catch up on my backlog of games, but things didn't work out that way. And I may have discussed that a little bit in the last show when we were doing our year in review, but I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. And that'll be kind of a main focal topic uh, of what I've been playing and some of my thoughts. I've had some reviews on, uh, uh, let's see, I guess I've... uh, gone through at least two different games and i'm working my way through a third right now and uh there should be fun things to talk about here on the show so i'm saving those for later so what i'm gonna do instead here is move right on to some news
2: Spanning the Disney
0: and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland.
1: Something for all of you. Uh, well, I guess this has already been released. Uh, whoops, hey, got a thing that popped up in my way there when I was trying to look at this. But Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge uh, has popped up as an Android and Apple from Tribute Games. Uh, so I guess this means it's available to play on your mobile device. Uh, but I, I haven't really looked into this. Uh, this has come out on the 10th. I've also heard that there's supposed to be some updates coming on this very, very soon. I don't have a whole lot of information about this, uh, but I noticed that IGN was talking about this as a, as a newer game. And uh, had it listed for Android and Apple. So I'm figuring this must mean that there is a mobile version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I was seeing something online, uh, or at least on my PlayStation, they were talking about some sort of an update coming. Uh, I haven't seen that update happen yet. Uh, I have heard that the Cowabunga Collection, however, has gotten some update where they'll have a little bit more online play on some of the other games that did not feature it before. Uh, I believe uh, we're talking Turtles in Time. Uh, I I saw a little something. I didn't really get a chance to grab anything about it to uh, have any... Better information for you. I apologize for that, but uh, uh, definitely, if uh, if you don't have a system to play that game on, and you but you do have a phone, uh, give it a shot. I don't know how much uh, how good that would be on a phone, but uh, it's a fun game. Uh it might be hard to work on a phone. I'm not too good at playing things like that of that nature on my phone. You know, I I play solitaire and I play wordle, you know, on my phone, <laughs> you know, just a little bit every day. But coming up later this month, for spoken coming out for the PlayStation, uh I think I think mainly PlayStation 5. I'm not sure if PlayStation 4 is getting this game or not. Also going to be available on PC. This is coming out uh it is a Square Enix game. Uh, it, the look of it is impressive. There has been a demo out on the PS five. I tried it out though. I, I had a hard time with the gameplay and then I, then I fell off of a bridge and had no idea how to get back. So, um, I don't know how much I'm looking forward to this game necessarily. Cause like the demo didn't really impress me, but I mean, it, it looks great. Uh, and it's a, a different sort of a combat system. I, I found it difficult to wrap my head around, I guess. But uh, there's a lot of people excited about this. I'm going to see how people respond to it when the final release, because sometimes the demo version is a little different from the final release of a game. But Forspoken is supposed to come out January 24th, and I bet some of you are actually looking forward to that. You've probably heard of this game. it's been There's been a lot of talk going on about this game for quite some time. Also, we've got a remake of the, uh, I guess, sci-fi horror classic? Are we going to call it that? Dead Space. Uh, coming to the Xbox Systems, PC, and PlayStation on January the 27th. Now, I recall playing a demo back on my Xbox 360, way back in those days, of Dead Space, and I can, you know I couldn't quite get into it. I didn't understand the concept that you're supposed to blast the limbs off the monsters. Because uh, I was trying to play it like a Resident Evil game, and it wasn't working, and I was getting frustrated. Like, this doesn't seem to work. I don't like this. And It wasn't until later. I mean, there's been a whole series of games. There's been a lot of big fans of this game, and... I thought, well, maybe I need to give this another go, but its uh, I don't think it's streaming anywhere. You know, I have the PlayStation Plus full membership. You know, I'm paying $17.99 for the whole package deal, uh, but uh, I don't believe that you can play uh, the original. I think you can play like Dead Space 3, which apparently was more of an action-style game. It was a very different one, uh, but here this remake is coming, and uh, I might look into it. I mean, that's not something we normally cover on this show because it's a very— uh, dark and a horror type of thing. And we usually don't go that direction for f- films, but I don't know. Games to me seem a little different, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So moving on. <laughs> All right. I got another thing here. Uh, brand portal from GameLoft. Where are we going? Here we go uh collections dreams and disney dreamlight valley there was a uh, release update here recently there was a lot of things for holidays for those of you playing disney dreamlight valley which by the way we're going to talk about this a bit later uh but i did find a page for a game a lot here and that's why i was reading off the brand portal they they released an update uh letting everybody know that they've uh, got buzz lightyear woody recently released and also uh stitch has recently been released to the game so if you are uh, somebody who maybe was playing it beforehand like uh, I think what, they, didn't they launch this thing like September, October uh, if you were playing then and you've done everything that you could think to do and then you walked away uh, you, you want to come back uh, and check out some of the um, new characters that are popping up and that's actually kind of the point where I'm at and I'm, I'm going to get into that here also a little bit later uh, ooh looky there I have some great audio for you here they were talking to the Cal Kestis actor if you know what I'm talking about here we go star wars jedi survivor cameron Monahan talking about the game march 17th 2023 the star wars galaxy at this time is at
2: an extremely dark point um and the situation for a jedi uh has never been worse than what it is for cal um so he's looking for any way to um to affect change to, to survive to protect the things that he cares about and that's becoming increasingly difficult. And um, I think Cal is at this point where he is even questioning how it is that he's supposed to proceed and what his next move should be. And so when an opportunity uh, seemingly presents itself for him, he's going to throw himself at it full force. And um, yeah, that, that's kind of what launches us into our story. Yeah, I think that a lot of the story of the first game was um, what happens when you lose your family and how can you find a new one for yourself. With this story, we say, okay, you have a family, um, but when the circumstances around you change, what happens when you all have different opinions on how to deal with that? those circumstances what happens when you put strain on a family and on your relationships um, what does that look like for these characters and their interactions and of course over the course of our story we um, find new characters new interactions and we really continue to open up um, you know Cal's relationships as well um, there's uh, a bunch of new characters that I, I really um, like what they do to um, shift the kind of that they the, the dynamic in the story, and in our first story, we had a, uh, someone who was uh, kind of a boy um, becoming a man. He doesn't have a safety net, is what I guess I can say. You know, that's a, that's a, a, a part of adulthood. Is uh, you you kind of you have to live with the decisions that you make, and it's challenging. And you um, you can be affected by them, and uh, they can haunt you. You know, we have a really interesting story with Cal, where he's faced with challenges that are um, difficult, and they're not necessarily there's not necessarily any right answers, and uh, it's something that I always really wanted to explore with the character. It was a conversation that we had immediately after the first game: was how do we put this character in um, situations that are um, challenging, and what are the ones that are really going to um, push him to the point where he might break? How do we get him to that point? And what do we do from there? And what is the, what is the story that will be um, the most exciting and where we can still find adventure, but also find uh, something that is uh, deeper and darker and more intricate and complex? So yeah, I think that um, we have a bunch of really big questions that we're asking with this one. It's, it's funny because it's like, it's this dual-sided thing, right? You have an established lore, character, canon, all this stuff, and you're so excited about it and you love it. But also, at the end of the day, this needs to exist and be satisfying and interesting regardless of this, right? And you want to be able to have them interact with each other um, and, uh, you know, have an interplay. But you also... It's always been important with me with... um, our stories that the drama the stakes the characters should be clear regardless of whether or not you have any understanding of anything outside of it and I want anybody who's never watched a Star Wars movie read a Star Wars story anything like that to be able to jump into this and play it and still be able to understand it and then if you do have um, you know, a more experience, understanding, then you're only going to have a deepened appreciation of a lot of what's going on here. Um, and Lucasfilm were really generous and always um, adding input, explaining, um, and, and helping us find, a, kind of find our footing and where the story should be and where it should live. Um, but yeah, it's always been really, emo- uh, really important to me to make sure that our story is satisfying on, on its own and um you know stands on its own two feet uh in that being the priority all
1: right so this was uh posted by game informer to their youtube page once again it's an interview with actor cameron monahan who uh, plays cal kestis uh in star wars jedi survivor we've previously seen him in fallen order and you know I, i find it interesting his talk of you know trying to Find a way to tell a compelling story that has to exist somewhere and get how it can interplay with the established canon that we have already with Star Wars. You know, you want to have a story that new fans can come in and play and maybe they've not seen Star Wars. Uh, odds are I don't know why they – well, other than it being you know, interesting and a good game. I mean, it's a good game, so I don't, I don't see what they would be interested in playing the game if they've never seen a Star Wars film, though. I mean, it's not like you've never heard of Star Wars by the time you get to where you're going to play a game like this, right? So uh, I seriously doubt that would be a factor. Uh, but you know, how, But getting, getting these stories to interlace in with established canon and the stories we know Uh, that wouldn't be an interesting thing with trying to write stories and bring stories in there now. And now there's more of a brain trust that kind of keeps an eye on everything. Now this, uh, almost by now, this is almost old news. This is coming from Breitbart. Uh, DeSantis backed plan would replace Disney world's self rule with state oversight under the same laws as everyone else. So, uh, some of the story, and I guess I could play audio of it, but I, I, won't, uh, but, uh, So Florida isn't backing down from its intention to strip Walt Disney World of its self-governing status following Disney's decision to pick a political fight with Governor Ron DeSantis last year over the state's anti-grooming parental rights and education law. Uh, For those of you who might remember some of this, basically, uh, the state of Florida was saying, hey, you know, uh, around a certain age, there's certain things that don't belong in the class. Well, Hank, there's a lot of stuff that don't belong in a classroom. Uh, But they're around that certain age. They're like, no, 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 that's. That is not an area that we that we feel comfortable with you. Some things you're not comfortable with bringing into the school, especially like a six year old should not be uh, dealing with these issues. I don't want to get too far into it, um, but of course, you know Disney said, "Well, hey, we're going to stand up to that." Now Disney has always had like a self government. They were, you know, they kind of had worked out things with the state of Florida and Walt had kind of worked some things and Florida was glad to have them. Uh, But, I mean, I think we saw some of this also happen a bit in California where California, you know, was like, hey, you know what? You've been getting a lot of uh, tax-free benefits over here and we need to alter that. Well, something similar to that is actually happening now, I guess, in Florida where basically uh, Disney's just going to have to follow the same rules as everyone else. Uh, and Disney, in its own way, has been in a bit of a decline. Uh, the stocks have been going down. I don't know if they've managed to turn that around, and I don't know. If things are really going to be changing just because Bob Iger's back and frankly, I'm not covering Disney so much anymore. So, But this I just found it to be interesting uh, that uh, they spoke up it's like, OK, if you want to be able to have a point of view and jump into stuff just like every other you know business would have, then you're going to have to follow the same rules as the other businesses in this state. So uh, it's well, I, I, I'm going to like to see how this is going to play itself out. Uh, But here was some interesting things. So Disney, I mean, their biggest competition is clearly Universal. uh, And I'm going to be limited on what I can see out of Bloomberg. But uh, there was an announcement that Universal is actually building a a new family resort in Texas and in Las Vegas, a horror attraction. Now, uh, right now, this... This one is going to be family focused resort and specifically younger kids on ninety-seven acres of land that they've acquired in a Dallas suburb, Frisco, Texas. And this is gonna have some rides, shows, and a hotel, character meet and greets, and everything. Uh, this will also, of course, include minions and trek, which of course is very popular amongst the kids. They have 20 acres. Uh, at, uh, well, 110 squ- uh, square feet added to Anchor and then 10 in a 20-acre expansion on Area 15. Uh, and that's a year-round horror-focused destination in Las Vegas. This could actually be very popular. I mean, they're they very well known for doing the Hollywood Horror Nights and that kind of a thing. Uh, so this, I think, is going to work out pretty well for Universal. Uh, and for Act recently, Universal just opened, I, I, I think, isn't Florida supposed to get one too? But Hollywood, I've been seeing a lot of footage of the Hollywood Nintendo World, uh, opening up in Universal, and there's just some neat stuff. And having a, this great Super Mario area is going to go gangbusters when this movie comes out. But, I mean, the stuff they have in that park is just fantastic. But Universal has really got some great licensed properties and some really good stuff popping up. And uh, having a, another park in the Midwest, and yeah, I guess going south in Texas, you'll you'll have better weather. Uh, I'd still, you know, I always said Disney should have built a park here in Kansas City and they almost built one in Marceline. It would have been nice if that wouldn't happen here in one of Disney's hometowns here. But that's OK. <laughs> we didn't get it. But Universal is going to have something, you know, a little closer. Uh, so maybe, uh, you know, they get that built up. I don't know if they'll get a, a Harry Potter Park going on down there in Texas. I don't. I don't know what all the plan is, uh, but if they build that Nintendo area, I mean, if they they put everything in there in Texas, like what they would have in Florida and, and Hollywood. And uh, I mean, that's uh, probably an easier airfare for me to get down to Frisco, Texas. So uh, I would say that's probably. Uh, I'm going to say that's a good thing.
2: Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator, uh, give me that shovel. Come here. Oh, oh, get him Mama. Oh. Get that gator. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. No. The Neverland Trailer
0: Park.
1: You know, I almost forgot before I got in the trailer park, I wanted to go through the Golden Globes, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, That's more than news, I guess, right? Let's go listen in to some trailers, starting out with a new trailer that was released for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania.
0: You're an interesting man, Scott Lang. You're an Avenger. You have a daughter, but you've lost a lot of time. Like me. We can help each other with that. Who are you? I'm the man who can Mm -hmm. give you the one thing you want. What's that? Time. Can rewrite existence and shatter timelines. You cannot trust him.
2: I don't care who this guy is. I just lost so much. Daddy! He can give us a second chance.
0: We make this easy for you. You will bring me what I need. Or everything you call a life will end.
2: This is all my fault.
0: You may not want her to watch this. We had a deal. You could win. I don't have to win. We both just have to lose.
1: February 17th, witness the beginning of a new dynasty. Uh, this uh, looks very interesting. I got to say, I'm uh, appreciating getting a couple couple of brief looks at MODOK appearing in this. Uh, I have heard some say that this trailer almost gives away a little too much. We know that Scott Lang has lost some time with his daughter thanks to being blipped. Well, Kang the Conqueror comes along and offers him a, a deal and a chance to get some of that time back. So as we also are, are told, um, King's not going to keep that promise and that deal. Well, did you expect him to? But I, you know, you, they don't tell us though what it is that uh, Ant Man is going after for uh, King the Conqueror. So we don't know what he's going after. Something having to do with, within the quantum realm. Uh, from what little bit I have heard, there's been some information, uh, and. We know that at least you know, reshoots do happen, and uh, apparently there are some recent reshoots that have been going on here, and uh, some some knowledge of it, some news has popped around that uh, it could be that they're trying to add a bit more humor, that maybe the story was a little darker than they expected, uh, and there have I've seen some concerned that uh, the current style of Marvel films has almost been a little too goofy and with cheap laughs and there are people who are worried that they might be adding a lot of cheap laughs and that would kind of have that would kind of hurt the film uh, so and right now, it is, apparently, it's not going to what is it? Peyton Reed, I guess, who's been bringing us these. That right now, uh, the current version is going away from Peyton Reed's vision of what this film was supposed to be. But we'll find out here come February the 17th. It still, I think, it looks very interesting. I'm, uh, I've enjoyed the Ant Man and, and, and even the Wasps films. The one thing I do wonder about is where they're going with it, with bringing in his daughter Cassie, uh, and turning her into a super genius. Um, I don't know where she gets that from. I, I hope they explain that a little better. I mean, we did miss some years of her life, but, you know, her being able to create a way into the quantum realm, I, well, I, I don't know. I, it's like, where is she going to have learned it? Because I, I don't know how much of it, even Scott Lang doesn't really know all this stuff very well. But I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe Wasp is supposed to be teaching her, and then and they did, I guess, establish that Wasp is supposed to be familiar. I don't see Hank popping up anywhere in this trailer. You know, I'm sure he's there, but in this particular trailer, I don't see him. Uh, but I wonder if... We're seeing the swan song in the final act of Scott Lang's Ant-Man, and some another Cassie will be stepping into the role of an Ant-Woman. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but I, I, part of me kind of thinks that that's happening. Uh, so we'll just see where they go with this here in February. All right, next trailer I have for you is something that I don't know uh, if it's going to be an R-rated film or not. But this just looked interesting enough that I wanted to share it. It's called Renfield.
0: Sorry to interrupt. Are you okay? I need to get out of a toxic relationship.
2: Why don't you start by telling us what brought you here? My boss, he's different. You can't get
0: him out of your head. No. I need your assistance. I'm coming, master! Oh, you feel like he could destroy you with the snap of his fingers? Wouldn't even need to snap.
2: okay Uh uh-huh that sounds
0: familiar yeah what renfield bringing innocent victims i want a handful of nuns a busload of cheerleaders and i just want a normal life again but this modern world is a dangerous place Thank you. You saved my life. Did I watch you cut a guy with a decorative serving platter? It's all in the wrist. Let me explain. My boss gave me this power. In return, I tend to his needs, including care, feeding. You bring in people to eat? You're like the guy that gets the villain's postmates. But if you were to stop focusing on his needs, what would happen? He won't grow to full power.
1: Exactly, huh. he won't grow to full power. What? That's so weird. Why would you phrase it like that?
0: But yes. Hi, are you here for the meeting? Well, come on. No, oh, no! no! Some call me the Dark One. Others, the Lord of Death. To most, I am the Okay, obviously we're dealing with a little bit more than just narcissism here.
1: Let's eat. April 14th, Renfield. And Here's the description we have here on the Universal Pictures official channel. Evil doesn't span eternity without a little help. In this modern monster tale of Dracula's loyal servant, Nicholas Holt from Mad Max Fury Road and the X-Men franchise, I believe he's played Beast uh, in the more recent films, uh, he stars as Renfield, the tortured aide history's most narcissistic boss, Dracula, played by Nicolas Cage. Heck yeah, I love this. All uh, right, is forced to procure his master's prey and do his every bidding, no matter how debased. But now, after centuries of servitude, Renfield is ready to see if there's a life outside the shadow of the Prince of Darkness, if he can only figure out a way how to end his codependency. Renfield directed by Chris McKay, known for The Tomorrow War and the Lego Batman movie, from a screenplay by Ryan Ridley from the Ghosted series and the Rick and Morty series, based on original idea by The Walking Dead and Invincible creator Robert Kirkman. The film co-stars Aquafina, I'm sure you, we know her. She was in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, ben Schwartz. Uh, he's Sonic, you know, the, and also the After Party. And Adrian Martinez from The Secret Life of Walter Mitty and Focus. And the Emmy winner and Oscar nominee... Shore Agdashlu from House of Sodom and House of Sand of Fog. Renfield's, Renfield is produced by Skybound Entertainment partners Robert Kirkman and David Alpert, uh, known for Walking Dead and Invincible. Uh, a lot of the people, though, from who's working on this, uh, I would expect R-rated content that we're not seeing in these trailers. And I don't see anything about what this is rated yet. Uh, right now I've got a Wikipedia page pulled up. And uh, even in here I can't find anything about what it will be rated. I'd, I think they might have been able to keep it to a PG-13. I think it's possible. This could be a good horror comedy, although it's strange to come out in April. I would have put this out in October for some fun. Uh, but April sometimes is that, that spring time where you put out something that you you don't know exactly what what's going to happen with this movie. So you p- kind of just put it out there just to see if anybody checks it out. Uh, but it just, it seems like a what could be a fun idea and uh, it, it could be interesting. And so I'm curious and uh, as long as they don't slap an r rating on it i i will check it out uh i i don't go for r rated movies the older i get the less i go for r rated movies plus i think r rated movies have gone further than they uh used to uh in my opinion but anyways moving on to the next thing we have here oppenheimer which i don't i don't understand everything about this yet but it's getting a lot of buzz
2: We imagine a future and our imaginings horrify us.
0: They won't fear it
2: until they understand it. And they won't understand it. until they've used it. Theory will take you only so far. I don't know if we can be trusted with such a weapon. But we have no choice.
0: here.
1: Coming July 21st from director Christopher Nolan. It was written and directed by Christopher Nolan. Oppenheimer is an IMAX shot epic thriller that thrusts audiences into the pulse-pounding paradox of the enigmatic man who must risk destroying the world in order to save it. And I, 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 I guess this is some history. And it's hard to tell, you know, if this is like the Manhattan Project. I, 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 I kind of want to know more of the history. Or, I mean... I figure they're basing us off a real historical um, fact, but, you know turned into story uh but let let me read a little bit more of what universal pictures has on their official youtube page for this the film stars cillian murphy as j robert oppenheimer and emily blunt as his wife biologist and botanist Catherine kitty oppenheimer cillian murphy is just good okay so him playing in this i mean i'm expecting some good stuff uh oscar winner matt damon portrays general leslie groves jr director of the manhattan project Uh, so i guess that is what it's focused on and robert downey jr plays lewis strauss a founding commissioner of the u.s atomic energy commission so i think um if I was to guess at this, this might be like the you know the discovery of atomic energy and the uses it could be in providing energy versus the uses of how it could be a weapon and the the the, the conflict of interest of when when you discover this of what could happen and uh, what we know it did eventually happen. I mean, this we used it. Uh, and now hopefully no one ever uses it again, although I think Russia's getting off close to using it. But that's a whole other issue. I don't want to bring the show down. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of different people in this and this looks very interesting. Uh, film is based on the Pulitzer Prize winning book American Prometheus, The Triumph and Tragedy of J. Robert Oppenheimer by Kai Bird and the late Martin J. Sherwin. The film is produced by Emma Thomas, Atlas Entertainment's Charles Rubin and Christopher Nolan. Uh, and he, we have seen Christopher Nolan doing some um, some historical drama with Dunkirk, which I still haven't gotten a chance to see that yet. Um, but, yeah, this, it's it's got my attention. I am very curious about this. Uh, so I definitely do want to check this film out when it comes out. But that's all I have right now for the trailer park, and now I just want to get into some fun content. Yeah! All right, so first, uh, this was kind of news, but also I just wanted to share. Uh, there's a lot of these movies I really didn't get to see, but the the 80th Golden Globe Awards happened this past week. Uh, best Picture for Drama was The Fablemans, which is a Steven Spielberg film uh, about a young uh, filmmaker. I What I've seen of this, I, you know, it seems like they haven't really given away a lot of story on that, but uh, it did catch my eye. It looked like it would be interesting. Um, I think it might be available to watch streaming right now, um, but I haven't watched it. Uh, I do plan to check it out. A couple of things that were nominated that I did see was uh, was the Elvis film with Austin Butler and Top Gun Maverick, also nominated. Uh, Another nomination, those of you who are interested, Avatar The Way of Water, also nominated. Personally, I'm not interested. Uh, I could get an issue, and I don't want to bring the show down. Uh, <laughs> best picture for musical comedy, uh, The Banshees of Inishirin. I don't know if I said that right at all, uh, was the winner. Uh, some nominations in there, uh, Babylon, which I guess was a box office, you know, uh, under expectations, uh, but maybe perhaps a better film than what we give it credit for. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Uh, it's on Netflix. I've been wanting to watch Knives Out. I need to sit down and watch that. I haven't seen it, but uh, I'm interested to check it out. And then Everything Everywhere All at Once, which I heard so much about, and I just never got a chance to see it. Uh, but they were nominated, the winner being this, uh, the Banshees of Anishirin, which I do recognize uh, a picture uh, with this actor who uh, I cannot think of the actor's name, but his son is... Been in uh, the Star Wars sequels as a villain, and uh, you would also would recognize him as Mad Eye Moody, uh, or also his role in Braveheart. And I cannot think of the actor's name. Uh, Kate Blanchett won for Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama. I'm not sure what film it was. <laughs> uh, let's see. Best Actor, Motion Picture Drama. Austin Butler. Uh, for his portrayal of Elvis. And I have to say, yeah, I, I totally agree with that because he, it was amazing how he transformed into Elvis. Uh, up against some good competition with Brendan Fraser, Hugh Jackman, and Bill Nye, uh, also Jeremy Pope. I'm not familiar with Jeremy Pope. Uh, all right, let me go to the next page of this of some other winners. Best actress in motion picture for a musical comedy, Michelle Yeoh, uh, winning, of course, for everything, uh, everywhere, all at once. That's a that's a mouthful to say, uh, beating Anya Taylor Joy and Margot Robbie, and even Emma Thompson in uh, in some roles. Best actor for motion picture musical musical or comedy, Colin Farrell. Well, he's in The Banshees of I Inisherin mean, as well. I don't know anything about this movie, but I might want to check it out because Colin Farrell, uh, the, the more I've seen him and the more I'm impressed with him. He is a great actor, uh, but he wins over like Daniel Craig and Adam Driver and even Ray Hines. Wow. Best Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture, Angela Bassett, uh, one for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I'll see that when it comes out streaming, I think. Uh, best Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture. This is, this is what I wanted to get to. Ki Hai Kwan is in everything everywhere all at once Uh, for I don't know if I say his name right I think I said his name right but we know him a short round he won a Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor and uh, Brandon Gleeson there I see him he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for that uh, um, Irish sounding film (laughs) that won one Uh, Brandon Gleeson is the guy that I couldn't think of just about two minutes ago Uh, but he he, and Eddie Redmayne even was nominated and Brad Pitt wow all nominated for this but Ki Hai Kwan won this uh, if that is available to watch streaming, somebody let me know. I want to check it out. Uh, I might go just a little further, you know, just because Best Director, uh, Steven Spielberg for The Wins, I'm going to have to check this movie out. Uh, he even beat out James Cameron and Baz Luhrmann, which... I'm tired of James Cameron these these days. But, okay, they're a whole other different thing. Yes, yes, yes. All right, but anyways, I'll uh, we'll move on. Uh, best Picture Animated Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which that's something else I meant to watch, and I just haven't gotten around to it. I just haven't been watching anything because, well, I've been playing games, and we're going to talk about that. Oh, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. I guess that has come out. I remember, I think we even talked about the trailer. It looked adorable and fun, and I wanted to check it out, but uh, it has not... Uh, I don't think it's popped up anywhere for me to watch yet. I don't know. I don't remember seeing about it in theaters. I need to be paying attention to the theaters maybe. But that the um, the Pinocchio film beat out over Puss in Boots the Last Wish and Turning Red and also something called Inuyo. Turning Red I guess was that this year. It seems like that was last year. It seems a long time ago. But, yeah, that's, that's just a few things I wanted to mention from the Golden Globes before I get into what I'm going to talk about of what I've been playing uh, these past couple of weeks. And uh, with, you know, returning to work here for the last couple of weeks, you know, because vacation has to end and I had to go back to work. Uh, but I'm, you know, trying to find time to play stuff that I, you know, I had meant when I started a vacation. I, I had just recently picked up Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion, uh, which. Isn't so much a remake of the Crisis Core game that was a PSP only, as more it was like reskinning it. And you can tell it's reskinned when you play it, because some of the animations when you're in, interacting with other characters or or watching a cutscene, um, the way they'll make a right or a left turn, didn't seem like it was motion captured like the remake is. It's it, it, they do this unnatural what I call a Resident Evil tank control move. They'll rotate left and then walk off, you know that kind of thing. Uh, if you, if you, don't understand what I'm talking about, if you play this game and you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. They have this turn and then walk instead of like a normal human would do would kind of make your stride as you're walking away and you turning left kind of at the same time. All right. There's a difference and you can see the difference in the animation compared to the remake of Final Fantasy seven versus this. Now, is that a complaint? No, I I'm not complaining about this game at all. I had a grand time playing it cause I did finally get around to playing it, um, I just didn't play it at the time that I thought I would. <laughs> I did, though. I mean, I um, I mainly spent some time on Saturdays and stuff doing it, and I did spend some vacation time doing it. Uh, but So I'll go ahead and I'll talk about this game before I talk about the game that dominated most of my vacation that I didn't expect to play. Uh, but yes, uh, this definitely gets a recommendation from me. This helps fill in um, a little bit of the... It's a prequel to the Final Fantasy VII remake uh, and prequel to the Final Fantasy VII game because at the time that this story of this game... And they kept to it, I think, pretty well. This was a prequel to the original Final Fantasy VII game. And it tells the story of Zach Fair, how he meets up with Aerith and uh, their relationship uh, before he goes on an ill-fated journey with uh, Cloud, uh, Cloud Strife, we know from the Final Fantasy VII, which I really don't want to spoil too much here, but I mean, we go through a whole incident. If those of you who are familiar with the Final Fantasy VII story, uh, when they go to Nibelheim, which, you know, it's Cloud Strife's hometown. And the incident that happens there, it's a, like a lot of a big buildup to that. This is like Sephiroth begins, okay? And Sephiroth being the main villain from Final Fantasy VII. Uh, but this tells the story of some different villains, uh, a guy named Genesis. Uh, and we, we get to see the, the people who trained Zach and the soldier program and how he becomes soldier first class and what happens to the people that trained him and also the T- getting into the genetic experiments that Shinra was doing on their their soldiers, so and we we really kind of dive into that, and we get to see the effects of it in the Final Fantasy VII. But we get to see some effects of it and the degradation of of experiments that were done to some of the people that uh, what it degenerated them um, and, and caused different problems. And they basically uh, the the villain of this is really they doing some bad stuff, but their their goal is to try to save themselves, and they. They're not always the best methods, but uh, by the time they get to the end, you know Zach Fair kind of realizes, oh, you knew that it would work out like this if you did all this stuff. So I understand you were trying to save, your, you know, your life, but well, you did a lot of bad stuff. Uh, but it also uh, p- jumps right over to it, to the remake, and I could even tell some difference between stuff that had been animated on those PSP and some newer animation uh, that was transitioning it to remake. Uh, you can definitely see some difference in the the. It's like going from standard definition TV to a high definition TV, if you understand what I'm saying, or b- b- if you're watching it all in high definition, but you watch something in standard definition on a high def that, that hasn't really had the upscaling. I think you'll understand what I'm saying. I mean, you can definitely tell that this it it's not as the these these rendered uh, b- cutscenes. And they, they are fantastic looking, but you can tell they're not at the full quality of what the, what they were rendering them now. They were the the original renders of these little bits, and you get some of these little uh, video bits whenever you uh, trigger a summon. Uh, and which the the interesting thing is, the gameplay is is very different, and the combat is very different, in that you have a. Uh, like a roulette wheel that will bring up either you know characters and numbers, and uh, when certain character you get three of a certain character, it has certain effects. Certain numbers all come together, have certain effects, and this will keep rolling. And while you're in a combat, and will will allow you to at times use a limit break or a summon depending upon what numbers come up. So it's it keeps the the combat fresh. You can't you can't necessarily time when you would want to use a summon or a limit break or whatever because you have to have one unlocked through this roulette wheel. Yeah, so it's, it makes it very interesting. Uh, but the majority of the game is you going from combat to combat. Uh, it's very much an action-oriented game, and it, you will spend more time doing the side missions than you will do, uh, I think, on the main story. That's why I spent most of my time up. I like, you know, if I can level myself up above the where, you know, where I'm more powerful than I need to be for that part of the story, I will certainly do it. And so I, I did do that with the goal in mind. You can find most of my playthrough, I think the majority of it, uh, on the official... Uh, uh, youtube channel that we have the neverland official gaming channel uh, you can watch me play through this game now uh, aware of spoilers and everything like that uh but uh, a lot most of the time was spent playing these side missions trying to build up the Zach's abilities and level them up and and gain uh new materia and combining materia and once i kind of happened upon how to combine materia to create a death materia uh, and loading that now into ever because you you've got like four or five different sets of how you can set up your materia and your weapons and your gear and you can switch between them uh based upon situation you've already got everything kind of preset uh and so you can kind of choose which set you want to use for whatever situation but once i had that death ones figured out uh it'll cause some instant kills on a lot of things and that came in handy and if it doesn't instantly kill it does a lot of damage uh, but I had a lot of fun. There's a lot of interesting strategy to this and a, a very combat-oriented. I still haven't even done every single side mission. There's a lot of things still left for me to do. But I wanted to finish the story once I got to a certain point. I was really interested in getting the story rolling. And especially when we hit a certain point, that I was getting the story that I am familiar with uh, when he meets up with his friend Cloud Strife. And also there's some side mission of trying to build a flower cart for Aerith. We learn how Aerith becomes the flower girl that where she's sell, selling flowers in Midgar. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of things where we get to meet some of the characters we're familiar with um, uh, going into this and also getting to see at the point of uh, where Zack Fair and Cloud Strife, uh, be, uh, after Nibelheim are then themselves experimented on, you get to see a lot more about uh, Professor Hojo trying to create Sephiroth clones uh, uh, because Sephiroth was his greatest achievement for what he did. He basically created a, a monster. And that's that's a theme is are we men, are we humans, or are we monsters? Uh, For what's been done to us and uh, a lot of stuff is done to cloud and Zach over the course of about four years Uh, and then it's years later that they make a return and uh, that was Zach fair and cloud the cloud is kind of out of it but Zach doesn't realize he's lost so much time and there's some really good heartbreaking scenes uh, of bits where he finds out about all these letters that Aerith wrote him uh, not knowing where he was. And then she eventually just stopped writing letters after about 88 letters. And you'll learn some stuff about some characters that you thought maybe were kind of bad, but maybe they're not all bad uh, due to... Uh, some of the stuff dealing with these letters, but I don't want to spill any more guts. I don't want to spoil this for you. Uh, I do recommend it. I did have a lot of fun playing through this game, uh, so definitely, and I, did I enjoy it as much as the remake? Maybe not necessarily. I really love the, the the remake. was a great uh, journey and adventure through story. This is, uh, it was, when it originally was made, on, it was on a smaller system, and it was more focused on gameplay and action gameplay and a little less on the story, but it was still an interesting story. And it was still fun to play. Uh, so I definitely recommend this for... it's. Uh, I believe might be on PC now, but probably not. But it is for PS5 and I believe PS4 as well. So why didn't I get started right away? Well, I did kind of. I started playing it, but then I, was, I saw the holiday sales and I found the Disney Dreamlight Valley. Uh, very inexpensive on a holiday sale for the PlayStation right now. Those of you with an Xbox, if you have the... Uh, Oh, I forgot what they call that your your game program where you you get to stream stuff for free. Uh, you're getting, I mean, you were getting giving access to Disney Dreamlight pretty free, and but I got it. I got the founders package for a pretty good deal, so I went ahead and picked it up. And then I started playing it, and I started having so much fun with it that I got distracted. Uh, this it's it's a heck of a lot of fun, and it's very addicting. And uh, you know, I, I I've said many times I didn't leave Disney so much as they left me. But this is just getting in into the right spots of getting letting me play around with Mickey, Donald, and Goofy. Uh, and uh, and Minnie and some of those classic characters and even characters that I love like Wally uh, and I, as I mentioned before Buzz and Woody are in there and I finally got to unlock and play some adventures with Stitch, uh, Ariel and Eric are in there and Ursula's in there. I mean a lot of a lot of just fun characters. Some of the newer characters too. I wasn't that interested in the Frozen characters uh, or you know and Moana's fun to have there. I like the movie Moana, uh, but I was like, oh okay, nice. They're in there. Uh, there was a lot of more classic characters I wish were in there. They keep and and some promotional. Imagery and even imagery as the game's loading, they show Bell, but Bell's not in the game. And Bell would be somebody had one hand locked Bell and all the Beauty and the Beast characters. There's a lot of characters I wish were in the game that are not there yet, but there seems to be promise that they're coming. Uh, because if you go into the castle where you unlock different realms to, to unlock these people, there is a lot of doors that are not don't have a symbol on them. Because basically what you do is there's a door that's got a symbol that's got night thorns on it. You remove the night thorns for the cost of a certain amount of dream light that you acquire. I'll explain this here later. And uh, you go into that realm, you do a few extra side quests, you bring that character into your valley, and then you have, while you're leveling them up to 10 for activities, you get all these different little fun little quests and adventures to go on with that character. But you'll do a lot of the basic things. I mean, this is Animal Crossing in a lot of ways. You'll do a lot of farming, mining, fishing, uh, you know, crafting. All kinds of different stuff, and it's just fun. You can decorate your little home with a lot of fun Disney items and stuff like that. Uh, you can go shopping in Scrooge McDuck's store and buy a different type of items for your home or different clothing. Uh, and it's mainly, I from a lot of the marketing, a lot of material I've seen, I think they're mainly aiming at, at the ladies for this game, which I think women have more fun with Animal Crossing than us men do. I, I, I'm presuming because my wife is still playing the daylights at Animal Crossing, and I've kind of left it because I... I kind of ran out of things to do other than trying to collect the last few fish or whatever. And uh, it's so random on what fish you got in Animal Crossing that I'm kind of like, OK, well, I want to move on. I got a backlog of games that I want to play. And that's kind of what happened here. I've now finished every quest that's available to me for all the characters. And so I was able to just set Dreamlight Valley aside. But it is a nice, just casual game. You just kind of fool around and like all the different uh, characters you bring in, you you just choose what ability they are going to enhance your farming Uh, foraging, mining, or fishing. And then so you take one of those characters with you when you go and do one of those activities, and they'll give you some bonuses. And also, if you're trying to level them up, they'll get a little bit bonus experience for different things. And they'll help you when you're trying to, you know, iron ore is the biggest commodity I needed all the time is iron ore to make iron ingots, which takes five ore to make one ingot. And then some quests I need, like, ten ingots, so... Yeah, it's, it, you, it's a whole lot of harvest, 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 and you have a certain amount of energy level that they put in there because Gameloft is, I think, more familiar with making mobile games and they have an energy level that, oh, yep, you're out of time for today. You've run out of energy unless you want to pay a little extra to the mobile game, you know. But now I've already bought the game, so now I can just, if I run home, I get all my energy back. Or if I eat some food, and there's also a cooking aspect. And I've had a lot of fun looking up all the different recipes and making the different recipes. And working in Remy's restaurant, Chez Remy, making restaurants for all the Disney characters that come in and will order food. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of different fun activities, and it's really casual. You can just sit, sit there and fool around and, and do stuff. Uh, there is one thing I'd kind of like to craft. There's like the Mickey Mouse water tower. Uh, I kind of want to craft it, but it takes a lot of materials, and I'm like, oh, I'm so tired of harvesting iron ore that I don't want to go and grab a hundred ingots, I think, for that thing. So, uh, uh, you know, I run out of things to do, and I'll move on and play something else. But when the, the next edition comes out, when I hear about it, I will jump back on and play with the new editions. Uh, so it's definitely, I think, worth picking up if you still enjoy some of the Disney characters. So then the next thing, I'm about to move my microphone around. Uh, The next thing that I've been playing here recently, and I'm still working on my first playthrough, uh, and I have a little bit of footage of me trying out uh, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. Uh, But the video that I have online, the videos that I have, I I was still kind of getting my bearings, and I'm used to the old Lego games where you basically just want to collect as many studs as you possibly can so you can unlock stuff. Um, and they have a lot of hub areas, uh, like or worlds, or planets. Like on Tatooine, you have like a Jundland Waste area. You also have Mos Espa or Mos Eisley, uh, different areas that you can play through, through some story modes of that, but not necessarily be playing a level. Uh, but it's also open world. Each one is like an open world. And there's a lot of activities to do to collect studs, uh, collect data cards, collect kyber crystals, so many different things to collect to unlock things. And I got caught up in just running around collecting stuff that I was like, I'm really not getting anywhere in the story. And I'm sure I made some fairly boring videos. Well, uh, I just I quit making videos. And I was like, you know what? I am just going to focus on playing through some of the stories. So now I've played through uh, the original trilogy and... Let's see. I believe I'm about to start Revenge of the Sith. I went through the original trilogy, then I've gone back and started playing the prequels, and eventually I'll get around to playing the sequels. I'll play. I'll play all of the uh, through the story things, and I've worked on unlocking a few things. There's one thing I wish I could have. Uh, I would have known I could unlock first. I would have done it first, and that is with one data card and about a million Lego studs, you can unlock you double your um, the the value of the Lego sets. Which, of course, after doubling, by going two million, now you can four times. You know, it goes up each time. But so I want to go through those levels to get where all my studs are more valuable. And then it'll be a lot easier to unlock enough studs to purchase all these side characters that I unlock or ships. Uh, And there's different character classes. There's scoundrels. There's scavengers. There's... Evil characters, there's hero characters, there's Jedi's, and there's dark side characters, and then there's, there's extra characters. And one goofy uh, character, I believe he was marked as an extra, was Frozen Han. I haven't played with Frozen Han, but I unlocked him because I thought it was hilarious that he's these are playable characters, Frozen Han. Uh, but there's so much activities in there that really you can go through, play the stories, have your fun doing that, and then. As, as casually, go through and solve the puzzles and have all the fun of unlocking everything, which I believe uh, last time I spoke with Eric, he and I think he, yeah, last show, I think he was talking about he's still working on trying to unlock everything because there is just so much. And I think he might be aiming for a platinum on that game. I don't know if I'm going to platinum and try to unlock everything on that because there's just so much. And I have a backlog of games that I want to play. Uh, so when I'm done playing through the main bits of story, I may set this aside. And I recently acquired Tunic. Uh, which is basically, imagine a cute little fox dressed up like Link from the Legend of Zelda series. I would like to play that. Also, I need to, I guess, sit and play these God kind of war games. And I've got even some PlayStation 4 games that stacked up. That I didn't i didn't finish Red Dead Redemption 2 or Far Cry 4. I didn't even start Far Cry 5, but I own it. Uh, and I got a lot of games that I have bought and then a lot of games I have access to because of PlayStation Plus. Things. So I want to move on to other games and play different stuff. And I even have a, a Call of Duty game that Philip gave me um, that uh, it was... It was set in the 80s. I think it's Cold War, and it's set in the 80s, and I we had fun playing it when it first came out, playing the... Um uh, I forgot what you would call it, basically, where it was us versus a bunch of bots, uh, and then we were running around a shopping mall, and I just loved it running around a shopping mall. It was so 80s. It was great. There was an arcade, and we was like, alright, we're going to claim the arcade and defend it. Uh, stuff like that. had a lot of fun playing with Philip on that, so I figure I'll play through the story on that at some point, too. But I got a stack of things I want to play, and even some new thing, games coming. I've I already reserved a deluxe copy of Hogwarts Legacy, and I'm getting a a solid copy of that, not a digital copy because I want to, I want to get a disc. So, and maybe we'll be able to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, like Eric's uh, best friend, Adrian Rapp, uh, we uh, had at a convention. You might be familiar with uh, Adrian Rapp. You're familiar with Disney. He did a lot of work with, with Avalanche studios before with the, um, Disney infinity. He drew storyboards and worked with a lot of the voice actors. I don't know if he's got a chance to work on this one. He's been uh, ill. Uh, uh, I think he's on dialysis and stuff now. Uh, so, you know, prayers to him, and uh, I think we've we had for a long time, we were had links up where you could support him and his family and help him out financially, uh, but I don't believe that's, that campaign's going on anymore, but I don't know if he's really gotten to do a lot of work on, on that. I don't know if he's still working with the Avalanche, I'm not sure, uh, but if at some point he's allowed to be able to talk about the game and he has worked on it, I would love to have him on the show to share. Uh, plus, I think he's got even some new books with his his uh, comic strips that he draws. Uh, he, he's a you know, comic book artist, I mean, he's drawn Archie and uh, the Pink Panther, uh, lots of different characters He's gotten to work on uh, for different comic companies. A lot of neat stuff, but uh, you can also buy a lot of his art directly, some prints. Uh, but yeah, he's just a really cool guy and if he gets to come and talk to us about Hogwarts Legacy at some point, uh, I, w- I will try to have him on to do that. Uh, but I'm looking forward to that game coming out and I want to have everything kind of cleaned up before that game comes out because I, I think that's going to consume a lot of my time when that game releases so yeah i'm trying to play it through as many things as i can so i finish work i come home i play (laughs) that's pretty much what i've been doing i even took some time i wanted to play through stray again now it's available on ps5 and i went ahead instead of just having the free copy from PlayStation Plus. I was like, you know, this, this, this is an independent developer. Let me throw some money their way. So I went and purchased it because it was on a holiday sale as well. So I've picked that one up as well and played through it again. And I got to say, if you have not played this game on a PS5 or with something that has haptic feedback, it's totally worth it. They moved all the cats meowing and everything. You're basically, it's like you're holding the cat that you're playing as in your hands. Because uh, it the purrs come from it and it even vibrates in in a, in a good purr. I mean the the haptic feedback with the vibration it was just amazing with the purring and the, how the different the meows and different sounds that your kitty would make and stuff. Uh, I just it was a great, much more fun, different experience. I mean I loved playing it on the PS4, but it was a much more fun experience on PS5 with all the diff- different things they can do with that controller on a PS5. So I definitely recommend it if you haven't played it already. And it was uh, I think we've discussed stray and I tried to explain it to Philip at one time. Just a great game and uh, apparently you can beat it in two hours that's an achievement apparently is to finish the game in two hours I generally take my time going through it but I guess as I've unlocked some stuff and I got some trophies on it maybe I will try to speed run it someday you know but I like I said I got a backlog of things but I just felt like playing through it again because I wanted to get my trophies because the PS4 trophies didn't translate over so I'm like I gotta earn them again alright here we go then and I earned more trophies on the PS5 playthrough than I did on the PS4 playthrough so another game I definitely recommend but anyways it's time to wrap this up I am working on some guests to come over in the next few weeks. Uh, we're looking forward to a return with Phil Lawler very soon. I'm working on that. And, hey, don't forget, Planet Comic Con here in K- Kansas City, we have a panel on both Friday and Sunday, and I'm working on seeing about getting there Saturday. But I might I might save my money because I do have a budget. Uh, I might save my money to just be able to buy things on Friday and Sunday, and so maybe I might not be there on Saturday because I'm pretty sure I will only officially be allowed in uh, my panel days Uh, I don't think I get a free pass for Saturday, which is fine. That's I guess that's fair, you know. Uh, which means I would have to buy an expensive ticket, and that ticket is money that I could, you know, I, I could be using, spending it on uh, different things. Like uh, I was just seeing some more cast from uh, from uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, like Jonathan Frakes and Brent Spiner, will be at Planet Comic Con here. And uh, if I can get in there, like on a Sunday and a Friday, it's not that busy. If they're if they're there on those days, maybe I'll get into their lines and get some signed stuff. That, I don't know. Uh, it's an idea. Some stuff I'm thinking about doing. But anyways, let's wrap this up here. Of course, make sure you visit NeverlandPodcast.com on the front page. Make sure you go through and find that, uh, my podcast reviews. Uh, if you happen to have a podcast and you want to see your reviews from around the world, great, great uh, service there that will send your reviews to your email. Uh, so make sure you go and visit that. And hopefully you've all uh, now made the transition over with me to Red Circle. Uh, so we have a brand new RSS feed, by the way. Uh, Red Circle is a pretty nice service, too. I I don't know. uh, There are ads that they're going to be putting in the podcast, and I'm sure you've heard a few. So if you want to get away from those ads, we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast, for just a a dollar a month. And you can get an ad-free RSS feed specific. To you for everything I put over there. Uh, of course, we're on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, Neverland Pcast and Neverland Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, respectively. Uh, we also have a Facebook group. But I'd also like to thank Karen Kennedy, Ricky Pope of the Christian Nerds Unite, and Darren Willhite of the Height and Wall Show for helping me out with the intro. And now, get lost in an adventure, and I will see you next time.